It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, uh, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, and we're uh, joined uh, today by uh, Mike Gallagher, and we're going to talk football because why wouldn't we? It's round one of the playoffs. It is, and well, while Mike doesn't have a hand in every single matchup we have, Pretty much every district outside of the Port Huron schools, one of the teams he covers or has at least seen is here, and it's always fun when he's on. So it should be a fun show. Should should be a long show because I imagine we have a lot to say. I mean, both Port Huron schools in. D4 is interesting. D5, we have basically an entirely local district. D8 was crazy, and Almont got the district of death. And <laughs> eight-man has a few interesting matchups. I think eight-man has some really interesting matchups, and uh, we may take a little extra time talking about uh, that today because that will be right up Mike's alley. And we'll get it all going in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King.
DuraClean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call DuraClean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. DuraClean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back with uh, Dennis and Brady. Mike Gallagher's uh, with us. You might not chime in too much in, uh, when we talk about uh, the PH and the Northern uh, games, but uh, he'll be chiming, and that'll be the third voice that uh, you hear throughout the podcast uh, today. Northern, uh, just the, the, the little numbers for you. Tenth time in the playoffs, seventh straight year. Larry Rollins has developed a culture uh, for this uh, Husky uh, team, uh, and they get a Lakeview team that they have some playoff history with. This is actually the fourth time in six meetings between the two schools that it's in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, real quick, though, with the Larry Rollins thing, isn't it funny, Dennis, if I would have told you 20 years ago that the quarterback slinging it around for Port Huron would be the team that brings Northern back to playoff relevance? It would be like if I told you 10 years down the road Jake Townsend's leading Yale or, or maybe the situation like we have right now in Yale. Like, yeah. It's just an odd situation, but he's done a great job. And Lakeview is going to be an interesting matchup for them because, well, they run basically a wing tee. They run power football. And I honestly think that plays to the strengths of Northern. I think if you're going to beat Northern, you have to be able to sling it around a bit or play absolute lockdown defense. Um I just think Northern's defense is too damn good. Northern's defense has been uh, terrific this year. Here's the thing that's a little bit spooky about Lakeview. They've beaten everybody not named Stevenson, Roseville, and Gross Point South. Yeah, so (laughs) those are some good teams. But then on the flip side, I mean, if you want to go, what's their best win and – their best wins probably their loss to Stevenson. Like if we're being honest, they beat Lance Cruz uh, thirty-seven nothing, which is actually why I think PH got the better draw, just because of how the playoff points worked out. But I mean, maybe Utica, who went, I mean, Utica's two and seven. Ford went one and eight. Their their most impressive result is an eight point loss to Sterling Heights Stevenson, who's a MacRad team. Yeah, um, I, they gave Gross Point South uh, a hard time. That was a four point game. But, and again, you know, comparing scores, you know, Northern blew out Lakeshore, Lakeview blew out Lakeshore, and actually it was kind of similar. Well, 
if we went with that property in the BWAC, we would have been really confused. Uh, I'm all, I'm already confused about the BWAC and what to think. So and what is reality and what is fantasy? But <laughs> basically, no. If Lakeview wants to run it at Northern, I'd say let them. And I'm going to trust Northern's defense. You you have a you have Dylan Blank, who I suspect is going to play. All four quarters, they used the St. Clair game as almost a dress rehearsal, like almost like a preseason game uh, to get him ready. Luke Fletcher's back. The defense has been absolutely suffocating. The most points Northern's given up this year is 16 points. Yeah, and some of those came in garbage time in that Frazier game because that was one that I saw. Right. If Northern wanted to and Larry Rollins wanted to puff his chest out about the numbers and make their defense look even better, they could have – three, four shutouts this year. The only game that the Huskies haven't scored at least three touchdowns at Memorial Stadium, and in most of their games they've scored more than that because they've been in the 40s for more than half of their games at Memorial Stadium this year, was the PH game, the, the 14-7 game. Otherwise, 44, 41, 43, 44, and then they had 24 against East Point, but it felt like 54. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Northern's going to get, at minimum, if they keep winning two games at a Memorial Stadium, actually, unless Cousineau comes from the other district, they'd have to go on the road because playoff points-wise, they'd be actually the fourth seed in the other district. But they get to play at Memorial Stadium where they've done really well. On the road, I think they average like 15 points a game. So it's a good thing they're at home. And a Lakeview team that I think you you won't see a lot of touchdowns. I'd honestly be surprised if one team got to 25 points in this game. Well, we'll see, because usually when we feel that way, that's when we get the high-scoring game, and the the next game, I think, could be a high-scoring game, and that'll be the low-scoring game. Yeah, PH brings in Lance Cruz, the first time we've ever had a doubleheader football game at Memorial Stadium. Portier on Northern plays uh, Friday night at 7. Dennis, you'll be at that game. I'll be at the Port here on high game Saturday at two o'clock so a little bit later than a normal saturday start but you bring in lance cruz a school that portion's had a lot of success with historically yeah 13 and 4 all time they've won the last eight meetings between the the schools you have to go back to 2001 the last time lance cruz beat port urine high and port urine high's last playoff win was a 30 to 6 win at the stadium over lance cruz in uh, 2020 the Big Reds haven't scored in a playoff game since that game, but of course they played De La Salle and they had the Mud Bowl game with Northern last year. Yeah, and I really like this matchup. I mean, Lance Cruz, when you look through their schedule, there's nothing that jumps out to me. I mean, the, the, the win over Ferndale's nice because that got them into the playoffs, essentially. They, they played Chip Valley and lost, and that game, that loss is probably why they're playing Port Huron and not Northern yep. with those playoff points that they got there. Uh, I mean, they lose to Gross Point South by 24 they lose to Lakeview by 37. They don't they're not competitive against Roseville. I don't know. I think this is a great matchup for the Big Reds and and maybe they roll a little bit. Here here's my stat, Brady. Any game in which the Big Reds have scored two touchdowns, they've won. That's a heck of a stat. <laughs> and we talk about the Port Huron high offense, but their defense has really come along as this season has progressed and 
I know a lot of the touchdowns have been special teams or maybe defensive or putting them in bad situations, but we have to give credit to Port here on high. Any team they're supposed to beat, they do. I mean, their two losses, the, the records are a combined 16-2. and two. Yeah, I'm, uh, and, and look at the 55, 34, 49, 35, 35, 59, 28. They don't mess around. No, no, they don't, and there hasn't been a drop-off since Amari Holler hasn't been playing. Yeah, uh, what, 94 points they scored with Nate Oriole in the first two games that he played. They only scored 28 uh, on Friday against Marysville. And they left left at least two touchdowns, maybe three. Uh, They had a a couple of drop passes that they they should have had a couple more touchdowns in that game. Are you happy that these are the first two, the first round matchups for these two teams, and they don't have to see each other until yeah, district final. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you always run the risk that they don't get to play each other again. I mean, I'm not going to say Lakeview and Lance Cruz have no chance of winning, or one of them doesn't have a chance of winning. Um, but I do like the fact that if you get this game, it's going to be in the second round. It's going to be for the district because. There's more at stake. You're playing right. for a district championship. And, trophy. and it guarantees somebody's playing in a regional. Yeah, selfishly, I like that. Yeah, I love that. Another week of football. And I think both teams are the favorite, and I, and I like that they're both at the stadium. And, well, for Port here on being the two seed, they could guarantee two games at home. Yeah, and, and being at Memorial Stadium, I do think that that is a real home field advantage. You know, it's... We talk about Yale Park. There are certain places that it does make a difference. Clearly, looking at what Northern does, they're a much more offensive team at home than they are on the road. Uh, and PH has smoked everybody but Northern when they've played them at the, the stadium this year. Uh, uh, it's grass. A lot of teams – don't play on grass anymore. No. Um, and I think it's a big advantage for the Port Huron schools. Yeah, and, well, you have the two Mac Blue champs taking on two Mac White teams. And we said before we think Northern and High would have competed for a Mac White title. Yeah, uh, I, I firmly believe that this year, especially, you know, I, I know Roseville is good. but Roseville would have been the tough one. Them and Gross Point South, but yeah, – the. They might get a matchup with Roseville down the line, but I really like this. I think this is a good chance for one of these two teams to add another district trophy to their trophy case. Anything else on the D2 teams? Um, no, that, that's, a, that's about it. Uh, again, uh, I was really happy that they got separated and didn't have to play each other in the first game because we really thought going into week nine that that might be a possibility, and I think getting those end-of-the-season wins – uh, really helped out. Yes, yes, it did. You want to go to D four now? A very interesting uh, division. And well, Mike, we can we can finally bring you in. We've gotten the port here on out of the way. Let's just start. What did you think of the D four draw? Because I don't think many people were projecting this exact matchups. No, I don't think anybody was expecting this. I think um, everybody was kind of expecting that North Branch, uh, Freeland, Goodrich, Cross, Lex, more than likely. Uh, which I was not opposed to. I would have loved to see uh, Croslex North Branch rematch. Um, still could get it. Still could get it, yes. Um, uh, a Croslex Freeland uh, rematch would have been fun. Um, but I, 
I love this draw for Croslex. I mean, getting a home game uh, right off the bat at seven and two, uh, you don't you don't see that a whole lot. And I think at this point in the season, um, you know, having to come up to Croslex, having to come up uh, to the cold. Uh, you guys mentioned playing on grass. Um, that's going to be a big advantage. Um, Cooking I, sugar beets. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, I, I think the home field advantage is, is just huge for Croslex and, uh, you know, potentially host two playoff games, maybe. You need Marysville to pull off the upset. Yeah. But I, I, let's talk about this because we'll, we'll talk about the Orchard Lake St. Mary's matchup. Because everyone around the state is going to be talking about what a tough schedule Orchard Lake St. Mary's played. And they did. Mm -hmm. But in their five losses, I don't believe any of them were by a score. So when they lost, they lost convincingly to good teams. Their wins were against, I mean, again, you have to put this in relative terms, a down Brother Rice team, a down Hudsonville team, two programs that even when they're bad aren't bad, and then a just flat-out bad Oak Park team. But they have to go up to Croslex. They have to go to the boonies, the sticks, just nowhere town for them. It's going to be a, it's going to feel like a long bus ride for them. It's going to feel like they're never going to get there. They don't, whichever way they take, they're going to pass a lot of farmland. They're going to play on grass, which I think um, Legro told me this week that they played on grass twice in the last four years. Oh, wow. So that's <laughs> something they're not used to. Their coaches are going to go out, have to go up to that cramped press box. There's just just going to be and yeah, if the sugar beet factory, we joke about that. But if that thing's cooking, yeah, if you've never smelled no, it before, if you don't, if you're not expecting the smell of. Well, basically manure right. when you get <laughs> to cross Lex, it's a little jarring. It's, it's and, tough, yeah. And here's the other thing. I don't think the cross Lex kids give a damn about the brand of Orchard Lake St. Mary's. No, no, not at all. And, uh, you know, it, I, the thing that, that really excites me about this game is, and we don't get to see this very often, but Croslex kind of gets to pull the underdog card, you know. And I'm not saying that they are the underdogs in this game. Oh, they'll play the disrespect card. Exactly. The Mark D'Antonio yep. disrespect. They got the chip on their shoulder. And, you know, Croslex doesn't get to do that very often. Uh, but when they do, oh, they, they just do. They take just, that This is actually warranted this Right, time. right, <laughs> right. But – Orchard Lake St. Mary's, there's a reason why people think they're really good. And you're going to see people saying that, oh, they're going to make a run. They're going to be the dark horse to get through D4. I mean, the, the, the kid Ryan Mooney for them, who was a Notre Dame baseball committee, six foot four, don't believe he had played football before. Went to a camp over the summer, ran a 4-2-8, decommitted from Notre Dame baseball, and now is a three-star football recruit. With good reason. However, I don't know. I'm not saying Orchard Lake St. Mary's isn't a tough football team, but I don't know how tough they're going to be just when they have to go up to Croslex and they have those big bodies attacking them and they have the belly button coming right at them <laughs> three, four, five times in a row, and then you come up to stop them and you got some guys on the edge. You saw what they did against Freeland a week ago. I actually don't hate this matchup for Croslex. And if you told me at the beginning of the season, Croslex draws St. Mary's to start the year, you go, eh. But I actually kind of like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you mentioned the Mooney kid for uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's. And uh, I was actually talking to an assistant coach at Croslex last night at the volleyball game. And he said, you know, 
put it simply is our dudes have to be better than our than their dudes. You know, mm-hmm. you may have a six foot four receiver that's running a four three forty, um, but they have belly. You know, they have Gavin Espinoza, and they're just going to have to be better than them at that on that uh, particular night. Uh, kind of like what we saw against Freeland. I mean, Gavin Espinoza had the game of his life. Um, with Belly back in the lineup. Uh, we didn't see it as much at North Branch, um, but that offense is completely different when he's back in the game. Yeah. And um, Belly still got his against North Branch. He did, yeah. Now, we didn't quite see that balance. We didn't really see much in, the, in terms of the passing game. There were some missed opportunities there. But uh, even going back to Armada, when uh, Belly went out, I mean – that looked like a completely different team without right. him. And that was something I don't want to say Kroslak struggled with uh, in the middle of the season, but now that their offense is back at full strength, as long as they can execute the way they did against Freeland, I kind of like their chances really against anybody. Yeah, and I think to put it in simple terms, they have their mojo back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that 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 would have been the only like concern of me. Are we going to get Kroslak's – that played Swan Valley and Armada and Freeland, or are we going to get the Croslex that played North Branch, Elmont, and struggled with Yale? Yeah, yeah. And, and and I like I was the one preaching, hey, they got injuries. Mm-hmm. It's not the same team. They got belly back, and I do think that that makes a, a big difference. And mentally, just getting that win over Freeland. Yeah, the, yeah, that Freeland win that came at the perfect timing. Um, for them, and I'm actually glad they get somebody other than Freeland again. again I don't yeah, like playing yeah. a team two weeks in a row. No, yeah. no, or even North Branch. Or, but if they get that win, they play the winner of Madison Heights, Lanphier, and Marysville. And Dennis, you saw this game about a month ago. Marysville took it to Lanphier, got them in the playoffs, but this Marysville team might be a little beat up right now, and they have to go down to Madison. Yeah, th- this is my my concern. I mean, the the good news is I uh, the the Vikings have shown that they can score on Lampfear. Uh They put forty six up on them last year late in the season. Problem was is down in Lampfear, and Lampfear scored sixty two. So Lampfear is kind of like we talked about the Port Huron teams. They're different at home. They score a ton at home and at the end of the game last week and I don't know what the status is going into this week's game for these guys but Marysville looked pretty beat up um and I I know they won and they like they excuse my French they kicked Lamphere's ass the first time I don't like playing Lamphere a second time and having to go there I this matchup I'm a little uneasy about. Now, with that said, that's still probably the best matchup Marysville could have asked yeah, for. Absolutely, in this region and out of all the possibilities. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather play Lamphere than than open with Crosslex, Orchard Lake, St. Mary's, North Branch, Freeland, any other team they could have drawn. Right. So we'd love to see a Marysville Crosslex game. That again, selfishly, that means we get a team to a regional where they could see North Branch, and now. North Branch is maybe in the toughest district in Division Four. Uh, they 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 have Freeland at home, which I like, but God, North Branch going eight and one. You you kind of wish they were the number one seed, but they before they could even get to Goodrich, they have to beat Freeland. This is going to be a power on power football game. 
Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely tough draw for uh, North Branch. Uh, they do have the benefit of playing at home. They've been fantastic at home uh, during uh, Furman's tenure. But, man, I don't know. I don't know how you get, get out of that district. I mean, that's just uh, Freeland, you know, especially with Freeland coming off the loss to Crosslex. We've seen it a lot this year. Teams will suffer a loss and then, you know, get right back to work, and they're a tough out that next week. Now, uh, North Branch, they've been playing as good as they've been playing all, all season. Uh, early on in the year, you look at North Branch's schedule, and, you know, they were they were winning games by, you know, considerable margin, but it was against some of maybe not the top half of the BWAC. And, you know, we, we saw it later in the season. Uh, they, they take the loss to Armada. That was really, other than Almont, that was their first – big game of the season um, and I think that kind of opened the eyes for North Branch uh, because they went right back to work and took care of Crosslex and then finished up the year the, with uh, a big win over uh, Three Rivers. Yeah, after the loss they outscored their opponents 85 to 34. They set the school record for points in a season. They averaged 50 points a game on the dot and I mean that offense you saw it against Crosslex mm -hmm. Mike when it's humming, when they are hitting on all cylinders, it is a nightmare for defensive coordinators. Well, and it's it's you don't know who to expect. I mean, against Cross Lex, it was Ryan Henney. Um, but going into the game, you know, you kind of look at uh, Aiden Swosh yep. or Lucas Chapman or even Will Damasca at times. And, you know, it just depends on whose night it is. And when you have options like that, you can take advantage of things that you're seeing from the defense. Mm -hmm. um, Damasca, you know, a four-year starter at quarterback. He runs uh, the T so well. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, they've been throwing it a little bit more. Um, it, it's that, that was another thing when you look at North Branch's schedule. Uh, you don't really see Damasca throwing the ball all that much because – why you don't yeah you don't, you don't have to. to you don't have to why why fix what isn't broken right but then you see in the Armada game he throws for 197 um I, I don't know what he did against uh three rivers but I'd imagine they threw it around a little bit more um so he's capable of doing that as well um but the thing when when North Branch played cross Lex you look at what North Branch did offensively they were pretty much perfect I yeah think they had maybe one penalty um, I don't know that there was many plays where I think they, they were forced, hitting the backfield. Well, one punt. Yeah, I mean they had, they had one punt the entire game, and that was because of a holding call on fourth down right. when they converted. Yep. Uh, yeah, and yeah. and their defense is doing enough outside of the Armada game, which again I think, like you said, maybe tightened the ship a little bit. Mm -hmm. Most points they given up was the twenty-one to Cross Lex, and that was that included just seven in the second half. So. Again, I want a special trophy made because <laughs> no, seriously, Freeland, Goodrich, potentially Cross Lex or St. If, Mary's. If North Branch gets to the semifinals, they deserve a state championship trophy. That's fair. Not all district <laughs> titles are created the same. <laughs> right. Like we'll look at some draws, especially in D eight, where you get draws and you go, "Thank you, thank you very much," and others where you go. What the hell is this? We're going to have to play a three regional final games yeah. in a row um, at some point. But, yeah, I, I, I think D4 is really interesting. I think you're right. If Croslex gets that first one, mm -hmm. 
Look out. Yeah. Because D4 is a, a wide open division. There is not one hands down going to win it favorite. I mean, maybe if you want to say Grand Rapids South Christian on the west side, but still, that's a team you worry about when you get to Ford Field. And, hey, at that point, the chips far, fall where they will. But at least on the east side in Region 3 and 4, I mean, minds can agree to disagree, but you could probably say pick six different teams to make it to Ford Field. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's going to be a tough one. And North Branch, they just find ways to win in the postseason. They're built to win late in, uh, late in the season. Remember in 2020, before the COVID break, I still maintain that North Branch team wins a state title if they never have that delay because we thought they might run into an Ortonville-Brandon team that was similar to this Goodrich team, pretty dang good, dominated over there. And they buzzsawed them. Yeah. They buzzsawed them. And maybe North Branch goes to that area and goes, BWAX a lot better than your league. (laughs) Come play our style of football. Well, I mean, and you bring up a good point that that I want to make. This is the chance for the the teams from the BWAC to finally tell the rest of the state, you better start paying attention and, and this could, like, make and break. North Branch gets Freeland. Croslex gets Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Yale is playing Marine City. Elmont is playing Ovid Elsie. Um, Armada is playing Flint Hamity. If you win those games or the majority of those games, don't people finally have to take notice that, hmm, maybe those teams up in the thumb aren't as podunk as we thought? Well, you'd think, but, you know, <laughs> they, they've come up with something. But I will say... Croslex beats Orchard Lake St. Mary's. We are going to be insufferable on the next. <laughs> you already show. are insufferable. But double be a little it. bit more. Double it. Oh, <laughs> if the, if there was one game, I could guarantee the result for nothing more than for Croslex, especially if they beat them by like two scores. Oh, it's going to be. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of fun on the next show. But you want to take a break before we go to the next uh, set of divisions? Because I feel like we'll talk about D5 for a while. Okay. Uh, We'll do that, and then we'll be back. It's uh, Dennis and Brady joined by Mike Gallagher uh, today on the uh, podcast here on on GetStuckOnSports.com. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. 
Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Feel more confident and in control of your financial life. Ameriprise Advisors can work with you to provide personalized, goal-based advice based on your short and long-term goals. Plus, you can track your investments and financial solutions with our digital tools and regular meetings. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services. Services LLC, member FINRA, and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back, uh, Dennis Brady, Mike Gallagher uh, with us. Um, I'm going to start this segment with um, I hate Frankenmuth, and uh, now we'll move on. Um, Marine City, and I'll, I'll go uh, spend a lot of money in Birch Run if they can somehow pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> Marine City and Yale uh, is the first one we're going to talk about in uh, in D five. 
Um, and uh, uh, Yale is is a really nice story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to to sell them off or say that they have no chance. But history is against them. History in is this not game. kind. These two schools don't meet up a lot. I mean, it spans back basically seventy years, and they only met what fifteen times. Yep. Or this is the fifteenth meeting, or something. Yeah, since nineteen fifty nine, this is the sixteenth time 16th. that they will play each other. Second time in the playoffs. So, with that said, what's the record between the two schools? Fourteen and one for the Mariners. Yale's lone win. Seven to six in nineteen sixty one. Long time ago. Long time ago. <sighs> Real quick. From sixty two up to two thousand and two, which was actually the last time they played. Seven nothing, forty six nothing, forty six nothing, thirty eight eighteen, thirty seven nothing, twenty five fourteen, fourteen twelve, fifty one sixteen, twenty five nothing, thirty nothing, forty two nothing. 35-14 in a playoff game in 2002. So one close game in that one time. One close game in that time. Two, there was a 7 nothing game to start it. But, yes, history doesn't mean a lot now, especially when they haven't played in any of these kids' Yeah, they haven't played in 20 years. So, with that said, I think Yale could – I don't think Yale has much of a chance to beat them, but I think they could be a frisky team that – keeps it annoyingly close and let me give you a few reasons why one marine city's just banged up i mean when you have to move jeff heslip to running back i know Lincoln osterland did a good job but anytime you move your quarterback to not quarterback that means other guys are out and that's not a knock on either of those two guys it's just you're missing parts around you namely zach tetler didn't play again last week and he plays both sides of the ball and he does it well um, among other role players for them too Yale is a very energetic team. I mean, Garrett Grundman's excited about what's going on there. He has the kids believing. They have numbers and they have depth. So they have the ability to, you know, play two different sides of the ball. James Barr uh, had a great week last week. And there's going to be a little bit of excitement, a little bit of fervor in, in at Yale High School this week, getting ready to play Marine City. And I think that might be something that Yale's going to come up jacked up. You know right from the get, Yale's going to be playing well, and Marine City's going to have to, I'd say, weather the storm a little bit through maybe the first five, six minutes of the game. All that said, Marine City has the experience. Marine City has it at home. Marine City won't be all jacked up. They'll be calm, cool, and collected for this playoff game. Uh, I just um, and, and I'm just giving numbers. I'm a neutral party here. I root for both teams openly. Right. Uh, and abashedly, I love Marine City. I love Yale. Um, however, Marine City, we, we've talked about it in the past. Oh, they're never tested. This year, their opponent's record's 51-30. and 30. They played seven teams with winning records. They went 5-2. and two in those games now Yale played a tough schedule um but against winning teams 0-4 when they played the bigs they didn't match up well against the bigs in the BWAC one game which Mike you saw I think the second half of that game yeah second half and uh the overtime um I I think this is something we I think we talked about in the preseason show with the Yale program I think we expected them to take a step in the right direction this year, but I don't think any of us predicted playoffs necessarily. So I think uh, for Yale going into this game, 
they really have nothing to lose. I mean, everything at this point in the season is just gravy. And if they play that way, you know, same way they played against Croslex, hey, we got nothing to lose. Uh, we haven't been competitive with Croslex for a, quite some time now. So, you know, let's just throw it all out there and, you know, see if we can pull it off. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Marine City, they've got they've got the pedigree. Um that that uh, that record against teams with uh, winning opponent uh, winning records uh, really says a lot because uh, you know Yale did struggle against Almont and North Branch and Armada um, and you know it's they they took care of business in all the other games that they had but they aren't quite into that top tier of the BWAC yet. Can I throw out a chaos factor because you know Garrett Grumman's going to run four or five different trick, trick plays, plays. Yep. Yeah. that are either going yeah. to be boom or bust that are right. either going to make Yale look like an upset candidate early or give Marine City an easy touchdown early? Like, is is that a fair statement that there's going to be a play probably on the first or second drive that's either going to score a touchdown for Yale or give Marine City a touchdown? I could definitely see that, yeah. And I mean, that could swing the momentum either way, um, because if Marines, if it's Marine City scoring, uh, then like you mentioned, they're going to be cool, calm, and collected. And once they have that lead, uh, you know, they can just start tacking on points. But um, it's going to be an uphill battle all night for Yale. Um, and you, you know, again, you go back to that Cross Lex game and. You know, there was – at certain points in the second half, you just thought, okay, you know, Croslex, they're going to pull away pretty soon here. They're going to get up a couple scores. And, you know, Yale just battled. And if they can go into the Marine City game with that same mindset, um, you know, I I, I don't want to go out and say that they're going to beat Marine City, but uh, it could be at least an interesting matchup. And, you know, at the end of the day, just getting this playoff experience is going to be huge for that program. All right, last stat on this one. All right. To, just because I'm the stat guy. Marine City, 54 playoff wins. Okay. Yeah. Yale, one playoff win. That the is Bull, the Bulldogs' unfair. only playoff win the very first game they ever played in the postseason in 2000. They're on it's a, been a little bit. 12 yeah. game postseason yeah. losing streak. So you say. Law of averages, right. something's got to give. <laughs> Law of Ma- Marine City's last playoff game was in the state championship game last year. Yeah. yeah. Can I offer you one other stat, at least to give Yale a little bit of maybe in favor of Yale? Yeah. Is Marine City's record against the BWAC. We documented that against Armada. They have historically not been good, especially the last 10 years. They have struggled against the BWAC and especially the BWAC in the playoffs. Well, the the last six playoff games against BWAC teams, they're two and four. But overall, they're 13 and five. But again, a lot of that, I'm just talking the last decade. Yeah, the last decade they have struggled with BWAC teams. The, they're all, they beat Richmond uh, once in the playoffs. They haven't beaten Almont in the playoffs. Actually, they beat Richmond twice in the playoffs. But the BWAC has given them fits for whatever reason, and it's not been just one team, whether it's Algonac, Almont, Richmond, Armada. They have all – now, granted, those are all teams that are either at the top or a step behind the top for a BWAC title. They're not losing to the, the lowest rung in the BWAC ladder. But we said it before the Armada game, 
The BWAC is good against Marine City for whatever reason. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to act like I'm I'm down on on Yale. I just want a Marine City Armada rematch. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. And Armada, the game was so good the first time around. How can you not want to see a second game? The Armada Tigers host eight and one Flint Hamity. And Dennis, when you went Prats! snooping through <laughs> through the, their record, nothing very impressive for Flint Hamity strength of schedule. Hamity's opponents twenty four and fifty six this year. They played one team with a winning record and lost to them. They played two teams uh, this year that have combined to lose fifty two straight games. I didn't know Burton Madison was a school, if we're being honest. Burton, uh, Burton Madison actually used to be a, a member of the NCTL. They, Burton Madison was an A-player school a couple of years ago. So that's who so they that's, had. This is Hamity's schedule. Lansing Eastern 0-9. Flint Powers, which the brand makes you go, oh, right. they're like 5-13 in their last two seasons. Burton Bentley. Three and six. Burton Madison, 0 and 9. They've lost 31 straight. Flint Beecher, who's a playoff team, has the same strength of schedule as uh, Flint Hamity. They beat them 4 and 4. Beat Burton Bendel, uh, 4 and 5. Flint Southwestern or Flint. No, it's, it's, it's just, just it's just Flint. Flint. And they've been around for like six years. All right, yeah. Flint. They've won like six games in their history. Two and seven. Charlotte, they lose. Eight, they lost their 8-1. and one. They were competitive in that game. And then they beat Bridgeport by 12, who hasn't won a game in three seasons. Yeah, if you take Charlotte out of there, their opponents were 16-55 and 55 this year. Wow. wow. So, Armada should win this game. That said, they should have beaten Flint Kersley. Armada's turned the ball over nine times in their last two games. I think that's just an excuse for Kyle Rowley to tighten the ship and refocus his kids. They actually get to a home playoff game at their home field. That's something they're excited for. A chance to win a playoff game against a team that's not named Richmond. A lot on the line. And I know Armado wants the rematch. I know Marine City wants the rematch. They both need to take care of their business right now because, hey, you kind of undo all that goodwill if you go out and lose an opening round playoff game to Flint Hamity. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I will, I don't know. I don't know how I'll react if that score comes back Friday night and Armada isn't winning by a lot. Yeah, and I think they should. I mean, their, their strength of schedule, even like the teams that are down, I think, are better than a lot of teams that Flint Hamity beat. Just up and down the schedule. Like Flint Kersley, I think if they had Hamity's schedule, are probably in the playoffs. Yeah. And I'm just got that. I'm going to look at that game as an anomaly, and I'm just going to I'm going to kind of throw it out like like I do the week one game with PH. Just say it's it like, happened. It happened. Uh, you but lost it's, by three, and you're it still wouldn't happen again. BWAC title. We could play this game ten times, and that'd be the only time Armada would lose it. All right. So hopefully we get that Armada Marine City rematch. Although an Armada Yale game would mean Yale upset, and then hey, everyone's looking at Yale like. Are they on the up and up? Because again, I just I don't see Marine City beating Yale like forty nine nothing, like they have an opening round playoff game so far. I think Marine City's probably going to win that game, but I think Yale's just frisky enough to keep it interesting. 
Well, that would be good. Yes, it would. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. That would be I'll, good because you're going to be at that game. I will so. be at that game on <laughs> Friday Want to keep people night. interested. <laughs> D6, Elmont's our only D6 team, and – for the most part, Dennis, I thought our area teams got pretty good draws. I mm-hmm. liked the results, and not all of it was expected. And we'll get to more of that in D8. But D6 is where we had to pay for it because, oh, boy, did Almont get the worst possible draw they could have. They have Ovid Elsie at home in round one. And despite Almont being like the fourth over or fifth overall seed, they're not the number one seed in their district. They, Durand and Lansing Catholic is the other game. And that's not a gimme for Duran because Lansing Catholic's the defending D6 state champs. Not all district titles are created the same. If <laughs> Elmont gets a district title, I'm booking my my reservation at Ford Field for the D6 state title yeah. game because that is a brutal district. Oh, by the way, if they get through there, they probably have Grand Rapids West Catholic. Yeah, it, uh, like I said with North Branch, if Elmont gets to a semifinal, they deserve a state championship trophy. Yeah, because they basically have three regional final quality games to get to a semifinal. They'd have to win a regional final three times. Because Ovid Elsie, pretty damn good. Durant, just saw what they did to Marine City. And then Grand Rapids, West Catholic, or Constantine, or Buchanan, all eight and one teams. Yeah, going to be a tough road for Almont. But if there's a program with the history, if there's a program that has played a tougher schedule than they probably ought to in a bigger schedule this is the first time they're playing a d6 team dennis yeah uh i'm just uh like you you put marysville on your schedule and goodrich those are your week one and week nine games those are quality opponents playoff teams bigger schools um and then of course the the bwac schedule is uh crazy and you beat crosslex you could have beaten Armada. That was a very competitive game. North Branch took it to them a little bit, but at that time, North Branch was taking it to everybody. Yes. <laughs> so, and the the teams you're supposed to beat, you beat pretty uh, pretty handily. And just Ovid Elsie's two losses: Portland, who was a semifinalist, and Durand, who's undefeated. They only lost Durand by by six, but those teams are seventeen and one this year but they beat montrose they beat chesning they beat new lothrop they beat corona they've beaten some good teams some really good teams almont gets this game at home which is the good part but i just i knew it was going to be a tough draw in d6 and somehow it was worse than i expected yeah we didn't expect this like like i feel bad for almont but this is what they prepare for. This is why you play in the BWAC. This is why you schedule Goodrich Week 9 so that you go into the postseason. And if there's one kind of dark horse team in D6, I think Almont could be it because they have the history of just, like Marine City, going in the playoffs and winning. I, I was kind of hoping they'd end up, like, with Kloss and Bishop Foley. And, and, Bishop Foley and, and like, you know, you're worried about the Warren Collegiate game but, you know, not an impossibility. Yeah. This is a real gauntlet. Yeah, the state actually kind of went, like, north-south with this uh, with this pairing because, like we said, Elmont could match up with Grand Rapids West Catholic, and it's just not something you normally expect for a regional final with Elmont to be in the same region as Grand Rapids teams. 
Uh, and because I'm the stat guy, 13th year in a row, Almont's in the playoffs, longest streak in our area. Just got to throw stuff like that out there. So do you want to save D8 and eight-man for the final segment, or is there anything else you had planned for that? No. Well, we'll, we'll go right into that because I don't want to do a top ten this week. <laughs> After week nine, it's too stupid. It, yeah, it, the week nine made everything worse, so – all right. Um, anything else? No, we'll, we'll take a break and uh, and we'll get into a very juicy D nine uh, and what I think are some really fun matchups in eight man for our area teams. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 we welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year. Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years.
finding that missing shin guard, remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Now let's get into uh, Division 8, which is uh, a fun one. Um, Fun for half the teams and and a Terrible draw for for Ubley and Beach, but Ubley's probably thinking it doesn't matter where you put us. You want to start with them, or do you want to start with Mooney? Yeah, well, no. Let, let's let's start with Ubley and uh, and go from there because you get Ubley and Beach in in the same bracket. And uh, again, Saginaw Nouvelle, thanks for coming. Yeah, I mean, going back to the selection show, basically the only way you thought it was even a possibility, Ubley and Beach weren't with Marlette especially Marlette and uh, Cardinal Mooney, was if they went to Saginaw and I kind of went, yeah, that ain't, that ain't happening. And then it pops up like the third <laughs> the third slide and they're with Nouvelle and Harbor Beach gets Lutheran Seminary. They go on the complete opposite side of the bracket from Cardinal Mooney. Again, Ubley is probably feeling like it doesn't matter where you put them, but if they – so they'd have to beat Nouvelle, which I think they will do handily. Then they'd have to play Lutheran Seminary or a rematch with Beach, and I know they kicked they kicked at Beach the first time. Don't you don't want to play your rival a second time or Seminary, which we saw who is good. And then if you make a regional, you'd have a, likely a rematch with Beale City. Yeah, I think um, as you said for Ubley, uh, maybe the draw is a little bit tougher, um, but at this point, uh, they they it doesn't really matter. Um, in the past, you know, Ubley and Harbor Beach have been paired up with Nouvelle and MLS in the playoffs before, and they've never really had too much trouble with either of those schools. 4-0. 4-0, yeah. So, I mean, Ubley is just on a different level right now. Um, I don't see them overlooking Nouvelle either by any means. Um, I know they're, uh, they would love to play Harbor Beach again. Um, they, they did beat up on them in the regular season. Um, but I do think whether, whether seminary or Harbor beach, whichever team is the better team, I'm not sure exactly, but I do think Harbor beach would give ugly a better game the second time around. And, um, I think that's what everybody is expecting is ugly Harbor beach. So, well, here's the kind of raw end of the deal for Upley. They're the number four seed in terms of, uh, excuse me, number five seed in terms of points, but they'd have to go to Beale City in a regional final. Yeah, and Beale City, that's that's been the team that they they just can't get over the hump, uh, and to have to face them so early in the playoffs, that could be you know uh, that could be a huge benefit for Upley, um, getting to see them uh, that early. Uh, when, you know, Ubley has been playing fantastic as of late. Um, and, you know, if, if you if your ultimate goal is to win a state title, you know, you got to play Beale City eventually. Yeah, and you got to beat Beale City. They've I mean, lost to Beale City in 19 and 21 
in the semifinals if, by a combined six points. Yeah, yeah. if I'm ugly, yeah. I want this game. I want right, this game bad. Right. I want Beale City um, because I want to break that monkey. If you're going to finally win a state championship, the first step, I think, is is beating Beale City. Uh, and I was at that game last year. Ubley should have won that game. Yeah, yeah. Ubley should have won that game. Flat out, period, end of conversation. But they didn't, and that's kind of been, I think, the feeling at Ubley for a long time is, well, we could have won a state title. We should have. Or you run into the buzzsaw like Centerville, or, or you lose a game, a 50-50 game, or maybe when you shouldn't have in a semifinal. Ubley's done everything but win the damn state title. And if there's a year to do it, this might as well be the year, right? Yeah. Well, and you mentioned that Centerville game. That was with Evan Peruski playing quarterback as a freshman. Right. This is a kid that he's he's got the experience now. Um, and, you know, the thing with Ubley this season is we don't really know yet what the potential is of this team because they haven't had a close game. They haven't had a game where – uh, the other team scored in the first half. The, 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 I, I, mean, the, I love that just, stat. I know, it's, but that's just dumb. It's just all it, it, all the points that Ubley has given up have been just, you know, fourth quarter. We got the JV kids in. And, you know, Ubley, they're not the type of program to, you know, run up the score on anybody. Now, they did a little bit against Reese this past week, but, you know, that's a week nine game. You, you know you're getting ready for the playoffs. And it was what sixty nine to six. Yeah. So that kind of tells you a little bit about where Ubley's potential could be. Um, but right now, I mean, the, it's 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 got to be state title or bust. Um, I think uh, you know, as you said, Dennis, they're they're looking forward to that Beale City matchup. Um, unfortunately, I mean, uh, for for the fans, that 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 should be the state title. You know, not a not a regional title, um, but. I mean, it, it, this this ugly team, they're, they're just a little bit different this year. There have been teams that uh, Ubley's had really good squads and they couldn't get past Harbor Beach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it was a little while ago and the, the same kids aren't there. But, I mean, you're playing your rival possibly again. I don't know. Just from an outsider's perspective, you're just like, I don't know if I – would want to play Harbor Beach again and give them a chance to spoil our fun. Well, I mean, Harbor Beach has got to get through seminary right, first. Right, we saw right. a seminary in week two, Brady, against Mooney. They run the triple option. Their quarterback is a beast. Evan Wakefield. Yeah, yeah he, he had 280 yards and like five touchdowns or something like that in that game, and he was the second leading rusher in the game because Hazen later had almost 400 yards. But um, so – Beach's got a tough game to get to Ubley. Yeah. Yeah. Um and and at at that point I, I just I, Ubley's closest game, guys, thirty four points. I know. Yeah. Their like I said, they've been bo- they had to have yeah. gotten bored. Right. <laughs> right. Like they just have been dominating. Now, with all that said, the good news in all of this is people down at Cardinal Mooney were doing backflips when they right. saw this. Right. <laughs> because they wouldn't now my absolute dream scenario that could be just amazing and I'd love to have would be a, a Mooney Ubley State Championship. And Mooney has a very nice road to at least a semifinal. They match up with Marlette. 
And I think Mooney should be the favorite against Marlette. I mean, Marlette's been a nice story, but that loss to Vassar mm-hmm. really kind of told you where Marlette might be. Yeah, well, and let, let me just throw this at you. The the Waterford, uh, Our Lady uh, Lakes game in Week 9, uh, Marlette started four, four sophomores and a freshman on offense and then two more freshmen on defense. So this is an extremely young team. They are uh, a year ahead of schedule, I would say. They have two seniors on the team. Um, and, you know, Coach Lester, it's probably one of the best coaching jobs of his career, uh, how he's gotten this team up to speed uh, to even, you know, have this team in the playoffs is huge. But um, that experience is going to be nice for those younger kids. But um, I would say Cardinal Mooney has to be the heavy favorite, you know. But the caveat of avoiding Beach and Ubley is in a district final, you would have to beat Clarkson Everest again. And, Dennis, you were at that game. Yeah. That was a knockdown, dragout brawl for four quarters that Mooney had the last punch, but it felt as 50-50 of a game as you get. Yeah, I, I don't know what giving birth is like, but that game, that's a good analogy. Um, that uh, Mooney scored just before halftime. Uh, to go up in the game seven to nothing, Everest scored late in the third quarter, went for two, took an eight seven lead, and it actually looked like that was going to be the final score. Uh, and finally, with three and a half minutes to go, Mooney got a touchdown. Then really had to make the two point conversion uh, to go up fifteen to eight, and th- then their defense got the stop they needed to win that game. And that was the first time Mooney had ever beaten Everest. I really am not looking forward to a rematch here. Uh, all those scenarios, like we talk about, it's hard to beat a team twice in a season and all of that, and that all applies here. Not that Mooney can't do it, but right. I just – that's the game that is the spooky game to me, and then you win that game and you win the district, the regional's going to look like a piece of cake. Oh, yeah, the, the, the district title is a regional title. Unless Detroit leadership is a team that I don't know about and their 4-5 and five record is something to be scared of, which I don't think it is. I mean, one of the, I mean two of their losses are forfeit losses. Yeah. One of their wins is a forfeit win. So you have six games of data to go on. And yeah, they're the number one seed. Parkway Christian might beat them. Yeah. And... Mooney has been murdering Parkway Christian the last couple of years. So, if they can, obviously you have to get by Marlette. Don't have what happened last year happen again. Because we all were talking about, all right, you'll beat Lutheran Northwest and then you'll play Everest again. Yep. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. And so don't let that happen again. Get to the Everest game. You get it at home again. I do like that. Yeah, I like it. Back to East China Stadium, and you know both sides are going to have wrinkles at at that point. Yeah, you know it it was. It's interesting. Earlier this year, Joe Cannell was talking about how their games had gone, and that they really hadn't opened it up against anybody yet, and that they really hadn't shown all the things that they can do because. Handing the ball to Brendan Hazen later has been working, right. and our defense has been so good, and we're getting so far out in front of teams early 
that we really haven't had to show anybody all of our packages yet. Now, they had to mix things up against Bishop Foley when they fell behind in the prep bowl, but Mooney, I think, has got as good of a draw as you can get. Hey, you get to a semifinal at that point, the records are out the window. I mean, we don't know what Ottawa Lake Whiteford is. We don't know what reading is. We don't know, I mean, if it's Riverview, Gabriel, Richard. I don't know. I don't know who would make it through there. But I know Mooney has as good a chance as any. I think if it's not Mooney, it's Everest. And I'd much rather it be Mooney. Yeah. Because they've already beat them once. And I think if you're looking at it, the favorite would have to be Mooney, and they would host through a regional. Yes. So they could have three home games, and I love that for them. So, again, you have to beat Marlette first. But like you said, Mike, I think Marlette's a year ahead of schedule. This will be really good experience for these young kids. But it'll be an experience to show them what level they need to get to. Yeah, I think um, they're kind of in the same situation as Yale where, you know, hey, we don't really have anything to lose. You know, we're happy to be here. Um, it's going to be interesting for them to play at East China Stadium. Um, probably the first GTC school to ever play there, I would think, maybe. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I, I know uh, Mooney had played like CPS before when they were Okay, that's man, right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I, maybe one or two, but it's probably been yeah. a long, long time. But that, that's a big stage for Marlette. That's, that's, a, that's a, a, a great place for them to play. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Marlette put some points on the board. Now, unfortunately uh, for Marlette, the one thing that they have struggled with mightily this year is stopping the run. And uh, as we all know. Nobody runs better than Mooney. Right, exactly. yeah. So, I mean, that could be a, you know, a recipe for a disaster. But um, I, I'm interested to see uh, how Marlette how, how Marlet does. I haven't seen Cardinal Mooney yet, and uh, that's going to be a Saturday game. Uh, so that will give me the opportunity to get out and see them and, you know, do a little scouting for that uh, ugly Cardinal Mooney state final. And I think for the guys that played for Mooney in last year's playoff game, that loss will pay dividends yeah, this not, year for them. Yeah. Yeah. This year at all. All right. Anything else with any 11-man teams that we forgot to mention that you guys want to bring up? Uh, because I feel like we're going to spend a little bit of time on eight-man. Yeah, uh, we skipped over Cass City, and they they got hosed too. Yeah, they got a bad draw. Yeah, and then they'll have the winner of the drama-filled Bad Axe Lakers. Yeah, if you're a neutral fan uh, and you're up in here on County, maybe go check out Lakers Bad Axe. Just based on the way that game ended, uh, there's a lot of bad blood there, and uh, should be an interesting rematch. Uh, I'd give uh, Lakers the advantage, um, but. Hey, I mean, Bad Axe, they knew that this rematch was coming. Um, it, it, you never know. It's a rival. They just, their losses are Ubley, Harbor Beach, and Lakers. So, yeah. I mean, there's those are not bad losses. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm excited about that one. And you can't really count Cass City out either. You know, they're no, a team. No, they, they played with Beale City. And they're a team, they, they have a lot of playoff experience, and uh, they're really good at what they do. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled off a win either. Yeah. All so, right. Let, by the way, what, what, what was Elkton Pigeon Bayport called on the selection show? Elkton, oh, just, Elkton Pigeon Bay. Yeah, yeah. Bay. He, he, <laughs> yeah. he left the port off or something. And, and yeah, because beautiful Pigeon Bay. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm we're perfect. Right. <laughs> we, we've had some problems with some of these eight-man schools from the other side. Of the yeah, state, yeah. 
Anyway, speaking of eight man, we have a very interesting region with Kingston, Deckerville, Brown City, Oakland Christian, and Mike. You're going to be the star of this part because yeah. you know a lot about three of those teams. I actually got to see Oakland Christian in person, but tell us about Kingston, Deckerville. Yeah, there's uh, a lot to unpack here with Kingston, Deckerville. Um, first, uh, you look at when Deckerville played Kingston in the regular season. Uh, Kingston beats Deckerville on Deckerville's home field for the first time in 35 years. It's the first time they beat Deckerville. Since that point, you know, that, that loss put Deckerville at three three and three. So, you know, you have to win out if you even want to be in the conversation for the postseason. Uh, they beat um, Mayville, which coming, into that, in, coming into that game, Mayville was at five and one. Um, so that was a nice win. Uh, Deckerville comes back. They were down two scores with about three minutes left uh, against Burton Atherton. And then, you know, with the playoffs on the line against Peck last Friday, 62 to 60 in four overtimes. <laughs> so this is a team that's been – they, they've been playing playoff football for the last three weeks because you needed all three of those wins yeah. to even be in the conversation. And the key to Deckerville and their success these past three weeks um, – I, Dennis, you did – Deckerville, K-Pack. yep. So the starting running back in that game was Peter Lapp. That was a senior. Uh, he was our starting linebacker, starting tailback. Uh, he, unfortunately, is out for the season due to injury. And uh, they have this this kid, Dylan Ball, um, wasn't starting on offense, wasn't starting on defense at the beginning of the year. The past three games, he has scored six touchdowns in each game and has rushed for over 300 yards in each game. In the Burton-Atherton game, he set the state record for carries in a game with 56 carries. That's stupid. 56 carries. And, you know, I talked to uh, the Deckerville coach after that game. He said, yeah, you know, we're going to try and get some other guys involved against Peck. <laughs> 51 carries against Pack. <laughs> so 107 carries in two weeks. Right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right, right. And, you know, Deckerville is just leaning on this kid. But it also – it's the offensive line. The offensive line's gotten better and better. Uh, Hunter Garza, their quarterback, he's only a sophomore. He was 11 of 12 for 130 yards, three touchdowns against Peck. So he's playing, he's playing pretty well. Um, and on the flip side, for Kingston, it sounds like Owen Corliss is going to be out for this game. Unfortunately, um, he got injured, uh, I think it was before the Mayville game. Um, he played a little bit of tailback against Mayville. Um, they thought he was going to be able to continue to play tailback, but um, unfortunately he had a season-ending – well, maybe not season-ending surgery, but um, it, it sounds like he's going to be out for this game. And that was the difference in the first game was uh, Owen Corliss, but also the Kingston defense. I mean, for Deckerville, talking to Coach Brown, he said, we have to be better on offense because right. you need to sustain drives against Kingston because Kingston's going to score. They're going to put up points. And you don't want to get into a shootout with Kingston. You want to – control the clock, control time of possession, don't make any mistakes. And when you have a running back that you can turn around and hand it off to 56 times in a game, um, that is going to be a huge advantage for Deckerville. Now, for Kingston, uh, you know, 9-0, and great season. The past two weeks of the season, they had Tanner James playing quarterback. Uh, he's only a freshman. 
um, and he's looked pretty good. So, um, you know, it's hard to win in Kingston. Um, Kingston, this is this is uh, this is they're not satisfied with just beating Deckerville in the regular season. They well, they don't want it to be just that. Oh, we broke the thirty-five year streak. Because if you don't beat them in the playoffs, then what does it really matter? Well, that's what I was going to ask you is just put in the simplest terms possible. Kingston's basically been Deckerville East for it, the entirety of that they've played football. How much of that is mental going, all right, we have to beat those guys again? Like, right. like kind of like well, the Everest. You they, finally they, get over the hump. They've never beaten them back-to-back. No. They've never had a two-game winning no. streak against Deckerville. They've no. only beaten them twice ever. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think the biggest thing for Kingston was, you know, these past five, six seasons, uh, Kingston's been great. And they've been really close to beating Deckerville a few times. So then every year, if you're a Kingston football player, you got to hear that number. You got to right. hear, oh, it's been 35 years. Oh, it's been 34 years. It's And just to finally not have to hear that anymore. And now you can just go into this game where you're going, you know, straight up, head to head. You know, the, the losing streak is out the window. Um, I mean, it's it's uh, it should be – it's going to be a lot more competitive than the first time around. Um, I still give the edge to Kingston just because their defense is so good and they did a great job of limiting Deckerville. Um, but Deckerville's made major strides in these past three weeks. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Deckerville uh, was able to pull off the upset. And, you know, the Deckerville, they, they said – you know, if we can get into the playoffs, we feel like we can compete with anybody. But we just need to get in. And they took care of business. That being said, they, the winner of that game plays the winner of Brown City, Oakland Christian. Race to 70 yeah. in this game. Yeah, definitely. Auburn Hills, Oakland Christian. I saw them play K-Pack, I think, in week four. They sling the ball around. They can throw it as well as anyone. They have three or four dudes that can score at a moment's notice. Brown City has three or four dudes mm-hmm. that can score at a moment's notice. This seriously might be a rate. Like, I said to Dennis before we went on the air, minimum points to win this game, I think, is 45. That's like, that's that's the the floor. Yeah. That's like, if you don't get there, you don't have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this was a game, so week eight, uh, Brown City had actually reached out to Oakland Christian uh, to play um, because uh, Brown City was scheduled to play Vandercook Lake. Uh, Oakland Christian was supposed to play IAF. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, it didn't come together. I really wish it would have. So that we could kind of have an idea. Is this idea. why it didn't come together? I'm thinking probably, <laughs> yes. Um, but um, Oakland Christian, uh, Kingston's closest game of the year was against Oakland Christian. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I saw them early on in the season. They actually came over to Peck for a preseason scrimmage. And it seems like they do a lot of different things offensively, too which can be hard to defend Yeah, you've they, seen a lot of different looks, a lot of different motions and stuff. In the game I did, they'd sometimes come out really tight and run it, or they'd spread it out and just say, our athletes are better than your athletes. Mm-hmm. Brown City's got some athletes. Dennis, you've seen Yeah, I, I've seen Brown City. I, I did the Sutton's Bay uh, game, and game. Uh, uh, Brown, 
okay, I'm not making this up. I can't make this up. Brown City scored 22 points in, I think it was 39 seconds. <laughs> not bad. And all offensive touchdowns. There were yeah. no defensive scores, no yep. kick returns. It was three offensive touchdowns, and 39 seconds came off the clock. They had 22 uh, points. Since losing to Martin, Brown City has scored 60, 64, and 60. Since losing to Kingston in week two, Oakland Christian, 60, 52, 52, 50, 50, 54. And one. Um, <laughs> the forfeit. Yeah, I'm not. I, I, there, there were two forfeits in there that I, I didn't count. Um, yeah. This regional, guys, the teams have scored 1,589 points this year. The lowest scoring team is... Deckerville with 388 points. And they've scored 62. They scored 62 last week. They scored 44. Okay, that was also 58. Over. Yes, it was. Well, I, I, I don't care. 32 going in. They are. So let's, it's a little. Let's, they're the lowest scoring team in the region, and they average 43.1 points a game. <laughs> there's going to be some offense in yeah. this region. And you know where else there's going to be offense? In Peck. Yeah. Because you have this all-time state leader in eight-man rushing yards. What is Caleb Lettner to now? He is nearing 2,700 yards. So uh, He could easily get to 3,000 so in this game. So, for the record, the all-time football, 11-8, doesn't matter, is 32-50. Basically, you'd need at minimum two more games. So, you'd have to win this game, and then you'd play all Gray Sims. But... What do you think of the draw for Peck? They play Morris. They're the only region that doesn't have an undefeated team in mm-hmm. it. So it looks like in eight, man, you're going to get a tough draw. But it's the least tough draw, maybe. Yeah. Well, because when you were looking at the projections, uh, the week when North Huron was out on the tiebreaker with Stevenson, mm-hmm. that shifted Peck to playing potentially – undefeated Marion right. in the second round of the playoffs after having to play Morris or Augre. Um So I like I like the district a little bit better now that um, North Huron has snuck in. Um, I love Peck's chances against North Huron or Augre, but I don't know how to feel about this Morris game because when I think of Morris, I think of when they were in the NCTL and went 26-1 and yeah. over a five-year yeah. span. Now they might not be that team anymore. Right. They lost two games this year, and they lost to Ooh, Merrill well, by 40 points. Merrill's 9-0 and and is really right. good. Right. But Morris isn't a team like that loses by 40 points to anyone. Right. And that's – I mean, you look at that conference that Morris is in, and that's probably a better – conference than the nctl stars it's at least comparable um so morris they they have had a tough schedule and uh peck maybe not as much now they did take care of business against everybody in the stripes but uh you know that can the loss against deckerville like i mean basically you're dead even with deckerville right and i think that's really encouraging for peck um because when you look at week one when you play Brown City and you lose 64 to 12, but then you beat everybody in the stripes by 30 to 40 points, it's like, okay, well, where is this team really at? And the game with Deckerville tells you, okay, they're legit. 
and you know they they have as good a chance of any in that that district um I just I just don't know anything about Morris and I can't get over that thought of how good they were in the past right. um but for Peck um I mean it, it's it's Caleb Lettner but in the yeah, past, much of that is just to <laughs> right. put it in simple terms. They have Caleb Lettner, right. they have Stephen Van Connett, they have yeah. two dudes on the yeah. field at all times. Right. That gives them a chance. Well, and even their their third senior, uh, Brady Babcock at quarterback, he's been a lot more involved in the offense as of late too. Uh, not only throwing the ball, but running the ball. And you know, Peck's kind of in that same situation where okay, we might attempt one or two passes a game because why Why not? Why right. Why wouldn't we just continue to give the ball to Caleb Lettner? But I've seen some nice things out of the passing game for Peck. You're going to need that against Morris. Um, the defense at times looked good against Deckerville. Um, they had a great uh, goal line stop late in the game. Uh, they forced three fumbles. They almost had an interception. Um now, at the end of the day, you gave up 62 points. So, I mean, uh, you're going to have to get a little bit better defensively. But um, Again, that's with an asterisk because overtime. half those points came from first in goal from the 10. Right. Like, right. you held Deckerville to 32 in regulation. Yeah. That's yeah. respectable. Right, right. And, you know, going into the Deckerville game, you know, I had a lot of people ask me, oh, is who who you got, Peck Deckerville? And what I, what would I, what I would say was – I, I still give the slight advantage to Deckerville, but this is Peck's best chance to beat Deckerville in a long time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same way you're going to look at this playoff game is, you know, I think I still give the slight edge to Morris, but if there was ever a year for Peck to beat Morris, it would be this year. And it helps uh, it's at home. It helps that it's at home. Um, and, you know, if they get past Morris, you know, Peck is kind of like Crosslex in the fact where, Okay, if Croslex gets past Orchard Lake St. Mary's, I really like their chances going forward. Right. Same thing with Peck. If you get past Morris, I know I know they can beat North Huron and All you know Augray, that's a team they faced in the playoffs last season without Caleb Lettner and with their starting running back going out uh before halftime. So, you know, I'd like Peck's chances there too. Um I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what happens in that Morris game, and I also wouldn't be surprised if North Huron beat Augre because North Huron. They, yeah, give us a quick yeah, like they've gotten, two minutes on them because they've gotten they better to, as the years gone on. They lost to K-Pack and All Saints in the first two games. We went, all right, North Huron's not good this year, right? And then they go six and one down the stretch, right? Well, and when you look at what North Huron was last year. They had so many seniors, and they were led by Will Case, a quarterback. He was all-thumb player of the year. And I think it just took North Huron a little bit to get acclimated. But when you look at North Huron and what they've done over the past five, six, seven years, they're always a very physical team. They're always a very good defensive team. And, you know, in a, in a toss-up game, which in the stripes this season there was a lot of toss-up games like that, you you give the advantage to the North Huron just because of their experience, their physicality. Um, but they they you know they 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 beat Akron Fairgrove by two. Um, they uh, the, the one that really stands out to me though is week nine. You needed a win to get into the playoffs, and you beat Burt Burton Atherton, mm -hmm. a team that had Deckerville on the ropes 
a week earlier. Who had a bad record but didn't get blown out hardly ever. Right, right. And, you know, I think that that's a signature win for North Huron. Um, I think this year, you know, Peck, Peck was the far and away number one. Mm-hmm. And then you would say North Huron was the far and away number two. And then after that, everybody else just kind of beat each other up. Right. Um, but I, I, North Huron has a great uh, playoff pedigree as well. So, I mean, I would not be surprised in the least if they beat Augre. All right, Dennis, anything else? I just uh, – I was surprised when I was looking up some of the stuff that uh, Peck and Morris hadn't played since two, 2016. It just mm-hmm. felt like they played more than that. Right. I know right. Peck left the Stars and went to the Stripes or – whatever yeah. versions they were doing. But I just felt like they played more than that. Uh, and then here's a weird one. Uh, they've played each other in a regular season 11-man game and an 8-man game, and they've also played an 11-man playoff game and eleven or an 8-man playoff game against each other. There probably aren't a lot of schools out no. there that have done that. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> all right, anything else? Thursday we'll preview all the games. We'll have our picks. Our last week that counts – for the picks um yeah anything else we can stop the picks now so no 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 you have one more (laughs) week you have to get through to be ultimate champion (laughs) i want to be the ultimate champion (laughs) well you have to get through one more week so i don't wanna all right anything else uh i'm good you good i'm good yeah i'm good appreciate you guys having me on i know it's been uh since the preseason and uh i always like catching up with you guys and it's a great time of the year so all right. Well, we might be using you for the picks for Thursday show too. So perfect. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water area is stuck on sports.